get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, three, four. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker, and we head now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Ben Golliver covers uh, the NBA for the Washington Post and joins us now from the bubble in Orlando. Ben, thanks so much for taking some time with us here on 101 ESPN. How are you doing this morning? Doing very well. It's great to hear your voice because I'm stuck in an in-room hotel quarantine. I can't leave my room. I got here on Sunday, and so it's always nice to know that there are you know other living people out there to chat with. Oh, yeah, we are definitely out here. So tell us what it's like on the inside. Well, it's, uh, it's interesting. We got here uh, on Sunday. Like I mentioned, we checked in. We got our magic band. I'm sure people who've been to Disney World are familiar with that. Ours has a little NBA logo on it with Mickey Mouse ears. Everything was going well. Then they give you the um, the green quarantine wristband, and that basically says if you try to wander around the campus, security will stop you, send you back to your room. And so I've basically been inside a typical Disney hotel room. I've got two beds, a flat-screen TV, uh, you know, hot water, thankfully. <laughs> uh, and every single afternoon I get tested for the coronavirus. So far I'm uh, four for four negative. If I can get three more negative tests, they will kind of release me into the wider bubble where the players are, you know, where the coaches are. And they've already started practices here. There will be scrimmage games uh, for the NBA next week, followed by the real games starting on July 30th. So it's a a very exciting time. Uh, It does feel like it's building up. But there's also obviously anxiety because of the coronavirus, and it's, it's really been hitting hard here in Florida. So I think it's on everybody's mind. So five days in quarantine, can you kind of sympathize with Rashawn Holmes leaving the bubble? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, the meals have been a little bit hit or miss. I don't want to be a complainer, certainly. Uh, you know, one of the players, John Morant, said he's not a silver spoon guy. That's kind of how I feel, too. I don't, I don't need a lot of luxury in my life. But, uh, you know, the, the meals sometimes are better than others. And I'm, it sounded like he just wanted to, you know, his favorite food by Postmates and wound up getting busted. But they have to take this thing seriously. All it takes is one sick Postmates driver or, uh, you know, one person who happens maybe to be servicing a hotel room who's sick. Uh, that if, if the virus gets inside the bubble, it could spread very quickly because these players are going to be playing indoors. They're going to be playing full contact. They're going to be in tight huddles, um, you know, with their teams. And so if one person gets it, it can spread, you know, uh, throughout a team and throughout the tournament. So there's so much at stake here, whether it's the, the television revenue, whether it's the reputation of the league, whether it's the ability to crown a champion, that I think the NBA has to be very, very strict with its enforcement And as somebody who's actually in the bubble, I appreciate it. I want them to be strict. I don't want people flouting the rules and kind of going out there and, and, uh, you know, taking unnecessary risks because that puts my health in danger as well. 
You're right, Ben. If you're inside the bubble, you certainly do want to hold others accountable because you don't want to put anyone at risk. And that's why the NBA said, hey, we're going to put an anonymous safety tip line out there. So if you see anyone breaking the rules, you can go ahead and anonymously let people know. You have players like Rudy Gobert saying, hey, I understand why this would be in place, but I think it's petty. Uh, How do you think players are going to use the hotline? Do you think they're going to use it appropriately or do you think that they'll abuse it in some way? Well, that's a great question. I don't know. It's hard to get into the mind of the players. I think for me personally, I am not usually one to kind of call the RA in college, you know, and, you know, I'm not really one to kind of, you know, have a noise complaint with my neighbors. I live in Los Angeles. I've never really done that. Never called the cops on them. So I think it would be a very extreme situation that would require that. I think it's also important to remember that this is a really big campus and I'm sure they've got, uh, you know, video surveillance and other security measures at place. Um, at the same time, it's such a big campus that it really doesn't feel overbearing. It doesn't feel like you're on, you know, other people are on top of you or, uh, you know, everybody's crowding into an elevator or anything like that. It, it does seem kind of peaceful and idyllic. And remember, Disney World is used to having tons of thousands, hundreds of thousands of visitors here. And in our particular area, it's really just the NBA. So there's only about a thousand people. So, uh, you know, trying to keep track of everyone is, is certainly a challenge. Uh, But at the same time, people can kind of spread out. They can go fishing. They can go biking. They can kind of do some of the fun activities that have been set up. And I think hopefully uh, everyone is going to want to comply with the rules. I'll also say this. I mean, the the situation in Florida with the coronavirus is so bad, it's a good motivation to stay on campus, right? I mean, it it does feel safer here. Maybe it's a false sense of security just because we're physically removed from the outside world. Uh, But when I was flying, for example, coming through the Orlando airport, I was much more stressed out about my potential exposure there than I am right now, you know, sitting on Disney's campus. Ben Golliver of the Washington Post with us on 101 ESPN. And Ben, in regards to players, only two out of 322 tested positive. I would have to believe that the league feels pretty good about heading into playing games and being able to get through this thing. For sure. Well, here's the thing. They had more than 40 people test positive during their tests in June and July before they came to Orlando. And to me, that's a really high number. It's kind of a scary number. More than 10% of the players who are going to be competing down here tested positive. But the important thing was they isolated all those players before they got to Orlando. So once everyone's in Orlando and they're going through the tests, that's the two number that you're describing. And that's an excellent number because that means Uh, The travel uh, to to get down here by charter plane was relatively safe and it worked. And it also means that uh, their their testing program has worked because they were able to catch both of those people before they went to practices with teammates or before they were in team meetings or before they were playing games. And so that way, you know, again, you're being proactive and trying to stop this virus. So um, two people tested positive down here, but so far the bubble hasn't been breached because no one was positive and interacting with teammates. And that's the really, really important thing. So uh, we hope it stays that way. Uh, The the more time that passes without that breach, uh, the more confident I am that they're going to get these games started. And I think the the more peace of mind the players have, too. I think you can start to see players settling in a little bit. There was a lot of nerves uh, prior to coming down to Orlando. They were concerned about the health. They were concerned about social justice protests. They were concerned about quality of life. And it feels to me a little bit like a, a study abroad semester uh, or maybe summer camp where, you know, you're all worried about it before you go. And then once you get there, you know, it's like, well, you got to make the best of the situation, right? You can either sulk in the corner or you can kind of go about your business. And I see a lot of these NBA guys going about their business and, and trying to get a new routine. 
But I want to talk a little bit about what we're going to see on the court. We know that uh, Rajon Rondo's out six to eight weeks with that thumb injury. What does that injury mean for the Lakers' title chances? Well, it's tricky because they already were out with uh, uh, were without Avery Bradley, who decided not to show up because he had a family member who was a higher risk of uh, coronavirus, so he didn't want to expose his family. And so that means you're down two rotation pieces. And I think there's been such a long layoff here. It's been four months that things like team chemistry and also depth, you know, having a lot of quality players available to you are going to be huge advantages. I actually think the basketball on the court could be pretty ugly as teams try to work their way back into shape and, and try to get their, their um, you know, chemistry and their cohesion back. So, you know, everybody counts, everybody matters. And so to be down two, that's a real blow for the Lakers. It makes LeBron James's life harder. Um, when I'm looking at these champion, uh, you know, contenders, I would start actually with the Clippers because they are very deep. They made a bunch of moves during the season to add pieces uh, to their rotation. And they have a lot of guys who just want to play basketball and go home. They, they don't really, you're not interested in the limelight. They just are a very uh, straightforward, uh, simple-minded team in, in terms of being competitors. So from that standpoint, I, I think my championship pick would be the Clippers. Uh, but we really have no idea. It's been so long since we've seen basketball. It's almost like a brand new season. So uh, that, that adds to the excitement factor. And I know a lot of basketball fans out there are starting to get revved up. Uh, ben, aside from like throwing soup at assistant coaches and various and sundry other uh, incidents, J.R. Smith is like Mr. Chemistry. They, the, the Lakers added him. So doesn't that take care of the problem? Well, yeah, and they have Dion Waiters, too. So they're, right. they're digging deep. The Lakers have tried to make their moves to fill out that backcourt. You know, J.R. Smith, uh, you know, he's somebody that LeBron trusts, uh, even though they had that uh, meltdown in the finals a couple of years ago. I mean, he's clearly, um, you know, one of LeBron's uh, you know, confidants, uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, but it's tricky because, you know, some of these other teams, they had five, six months together during the regular season. So maybe they come back out here to Orlando and they hit the ground running. The hard part is when you're trying to work in these new pieces, um, you know, another team I actually feel really bad for is the Brooklyn Nets. I think they yeah. had six or seven guys who didn't come down here. But what is that going to look like when they get onto the court? And if you're the Milwaukee Bucks and you're the one seed and, and you're playing the Brooklyn Nets, you might have to ask them, like, who are you guys? What's your name? You know, this is like a, an interim team uh, trying to go out there and play. So these are going to be challenges that everybody has to deal with. And it's funny, the number one thing that we have to do as reporters next week is to just take a head count because we don't totally know which players are down here yet, which players aren't, uh, in part because that's uh, the league and the teams trying to protect their players' medical privacy. So if somebody tested positive and they were delayed coming down here, they're trying to obscure that information from us. So it's a little bit of a cat and mouse game, but I think that um, you know ultimately we're going to have greater clarity next week. Finally, Ben Golliver, a couple of days ago you put on the market, I would think, some valuable quarantine commodities in soda and coffee drinks asking for water orange juice or future second round picks in return did you get any takers well well it was funny immediately the market got flooded with other reporters trying to undercut my prices it was terrible everybody wants to get rid of the sugary starbucks drinks and so i haven't been able to successfully uh, get a trade going yet although i did figure out guys there's a life hack don't tell my fellow reporters. If you just call the front desk, they'll bring you whatever drink you want. So they brought me like two extra cases of water. So I'm living really large here in the quarantine. Wow. Love it. Hey, we appreciate you taking some time with us. Thanks so much. We, uh, we loved having you on. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care.